Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by our good friends over there at Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law will fight that legal battle, giving you that time for healing and renewal. And right now, the moment we've all been awaiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 386, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And hopefully we'll do both today. We got a lot to get into. The Cowboys at minicamp, the Rangers with the worst news possible on Jacob deGrom from a couple of days ago that we'll dive into. The PGA Tour with the merger that no one saw coming. Just a lot to discuss. So we'll have that for you, but as you guys know, our sponsors are the reason why we get to continue doing this. They make it to where the equipment that we need and the fees that go into making this happen behind the scenes get taken care of. And at the top of that list is Greening Law, man. And they've been working with us for a while now, not only helping with the podcast, but obviously they helped me. I was involved in a car accident. I had injury to my person. I've talked about this many, many times. It's a scary situation when you're rushed to the hospital and you're having all these tests done to you and you may or may not have insurance and you go, how in the world am I going to pay for this? And then you start getting these phone calls. Well, fortunately for me, I knew to call Greening Law the Monday after my car accident because I knew it wasn't my fault. And they did some research. They had their free consultation with me. They called me like 10 minutes later, like, yeah, you got a case. We're bringing you on. Awesome. What do I do? They literally... Do what we tell you to do. Just go to the doctors that we need you to go to because we want you to focus just on that. We'll take care of the stuff behind the scenes, the headaches and all that type of thing. That's what Greening Law does when you find yourself in that situation. And this is exactly what Matt's been talking about when he says, hey, there's nobody you'd rather have riding with you in your foxhole with you than Greening Law when it comes to taking care of business and getting situated if you've been hurt or involved in some kind of accident away from your home. Uh the thing about it is, man, this thing can be, Matt can tell you up close that it can be tedious, it can be intimidating, it can be a little bit scary because you haven't been through the process before. So when you're in something like that, who doesn't want somebody holding your hand, guiding you with a flashlight, telling you, here's how you go about the business of getting it done. That's what they do, it's what they do best. And check this out. Don't forget, that call Matt made, absolutely free. You just get on the phone, talk to a member of the green team, say, here's my situation, what do you think? And if they bring you on as a client, I like to say, Matt can tell you, it's your lucky day. It is, man. They do it for you. It's 972-934-8900. Robert Greening, call him now, offices Dallas, Texas. 
So the Cowboys at minicamp, man, and I don't know what you're trying to take away from the minicamp. It, it's essentially OTAs, except this is mandatory, and everybody has to be there. And at OTAs, it's voluntary, and you don't necessarily have to be there if you don't really want to be there. That's really right. the only difference, because other than that, they're doing the exact same stuff. It's basically the underwear Olympics, man, or at least that's what we used to call it, but it's not even that anymore. They literally can't break on the ball or do anything. And so anytime a coach, an owner, a GM says, oh, so-and-so looks great out there, based on what, bro? Yeah, They ain't doing nothing. It's a glorified walkthrough, okay? Literally, it's a glorified walkthrough. And so whatever you can tell from a walkthrough, which ain't much, um, that's what it is. I say the work that's being done is mental. You know, are you familiar? Can you play fast because you know what you're supposed to do when you line up? That, okay, we give you that. But um, that's it, bro. It's not, it's much ado about nothing. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like you see, I, I saw the comments like Brandon Cooks is just flying by guys. And I remember you saying that the DBs can't break on the balls. Like, well, obviously, I hope so. Like if Brandon right. Cooks is not racing by guys, I'd be like, oh my God, maybe we should just get rid of this guy and, and really go get D-hop. <laughs> you can still see, you can see his speed out there. Well, for sure. Compared yeah. to everybody else. But, you know, ain't nobody got no hands on him yet. And, uh, you know, it just is what it is, man. It's, it's the way they do football now. And so you have to accept it and get down with it and just understand that's how they're going through things. You know, it's like when they talk about the offense, we're really in the teaching phase, making sure that guys understand what, we're, what it is we're doing and why we're doing it, which I find pretty interesting. Um, but uh, it's, I find it interesting from a cerebral standpoint, not yeah. a physical standpoint. Yeah, I mean, really the only other thing that I guess, and I don't know if this jumps out to anybody, it's kind of what it is, and, and they're going to probably experiment with this a little bit at times, but Tyron Smith is working at left tackle this week. Tyler Smith is at left guard, and Matt Willetsko is at right tackle, which is kind of interesting because it was different last week in OTAs, and Tyler Smith was saying basically – they don't want to have, for instance, let's say Tuesday at minicamp, that was the line. They don't want then on Wednesday, oh, now we're going to move you out to right tackle this dude to left. They want to have, okay, the three days of minicamp, this is our offensive line. Right. And then maybe next week or not next week, but in training camp, it'll be interesting to see is Terrence Steele going to be ready to go, his impact where he comes into the equation here. But you continue to kind of hear some things about Matt Willetsko that he might be a guy that can actually function as a legitimate backup offensive lineman this year. Yeah, I think that's uh, – well, it's two points. Point number one is – and I'm not in a position to get truth right now. Maybe I'll never get it, but I, I would at least like to pull somebody aside and try to get the truth. And here's what I'm talking about. Why are we making this more difficult than it is? Why would you just not have Tyron at left tackle, Steele at right tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard? Tyron's not going to play 17 games. I don't care how hard he works out this offseason. I don't care how great he looks. And I saw him yesterday and spoke to him. Uh, not yesterday, uh, two days ago when I was out there. Saw him and spoke to him, and he looked fantastic. But he hadn't played a full season in five years. He's not going to play full season this year. Not a knock on him. It's just what it is, bro. And so here's the deal. Just you know what's going to happen. And when it happens, what, what do you do, Matt? You move Tyler Smith to left tackle. Yeah. You slide in whoever your backup left guard is, and you keep it moving. One position changes. 
what they're trying to do is they're taking Tyler Smith, the career left tackle, and moving him to right tackle where everything is backwards. Uh, they're taking Terrence Neal, a right tackle, and moving him to left guard where it's a new position and everything is backwards. And the, I mean, it's just why are you doing all this change, bro, when you just have to make one move? Yeah, I, like I, I, I didn't understand it. it. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but it, it is what it is, and that continues to be kind of what they're doing with it. So we'll see what it looks like when they get to training camp at the end of July and then what it looks like when they get to the season opener in September. Because yeah. right now they seem to be tinkering with it a bit. And as even Tyler Smith was talking about, you know, when he's at when he's at left guard, it's like you're in a phone booth and your hands are different. And when he's at left tackle, you got a lot more space and your feet are different. So why you want to confuse these guys and not have them just focus on one thing and be the elite that they can be at that? I do not know. I don't know. Now, I will say this. Clearly, they put a lot of thought into it. But what you like to do and what I like to do is pull guys aside and say, you know, it doesn't matter whether I agree or not. Y'all do what you do. I mean, you get paid millions of dollars to figure this stuff out. What I want to know is the why. What's the thought process behind it? And as we've told you over the years, a lot of times coaches, you know, Steven, Jerry, whomever, they will tell you things privately or off camera that they'll never tell you on camera for whatever reason. And so that would be an off camera question you'd like to ask. Just let me help me understand why y'all doing this when this other thing makes so much more sense. And they may have some great answer for you that we could then relate to you. Yeah, maybe you'll be able to pick that up. So Micah Parsons, and we, we talk about Mike all the time. We all know he's one of the very best, if not the best defensive player in football just two years into this thing. But man, every time I, I, I hear this guy say something and we kind of read some of his stuff the other day or anytime you read what he has to say, his mentality for the age that he is at and how young in his career he is, is just so above what you normally hear, is why he's on the path to be a GOAT. And he was asked about Sam Williams, who's going into his second year, the defensive end. And this quote that he said, I mean, this is nuts. So here's what Micah Parsons said. He says, I know how bad he wants it. He was like, last year I was learning. I'm trying to play as much as I can. I said, take the job then. Nobody is stopping you from your success. Last year, you came in with three guys. If you want to be the guy, how do you do that? You got to cut off one of their heads. It's nothing personal. It's business. You got to be great for yourself. I can't tell you to take the job. Take my job. Take Tank's job. At the end of the day, it's business. I mean, you hear this guy. It's like this dude's, I mean, what is he, 23, 24 years old? And he talks like he's some... I'm, I'm about to be inducted into the Hall of Fame elite-level 15-year NFL player. Bro, that's... Incredible to listen to him. That's what I've always liked about him. And that's the approach he's always taken, which is be aggressive, be bold. You know, and it, you know, want me to tell you the great thing about that, man, when I feel good about it, is, like I said, I, I had a speaking engagement yesterday talking to some people about uh, some media training, some young people. And one of the things I told him was you have to be bold in your career, whether you end up getting into this media game or whether you get somewhere else. And I was like, people talk about paying your dues. Well, who are those people? Because you talk about they all the time. Like, who is they? Mm. Well, you know, they say we do. Who is they? And why are you listening to they? Um, you need experience and you need to be good, but you don't have to wait your turn. I mean, you can take a toll tag and go take the short way. 
you can move to the front of the line with that line pass they got at the theme park. You don't have to wait in line. You can go take what you want if you're willing to commit and sacrifice, do all stuff required to get there. And that's basically what Michael Parsons is telling him. You know, you're sitting around waiting for opportunity to go take it. If that's really what you want, you say you want it, but if that's really what you want, you had the talent. Now go take it, which is about working hard, understanding what you're supposed to do, and then executing when you get opportunity. Yeah, and that's him, man. And Sam Williams is one of those guys, when they drafted him, I was stoked because I saw a lot of him when he was at Ole Miss. I thought he had an opportunity to be a player, and you saw flashes of that last year. And I kind of thought when he came in, maybe he can be a little bit like a Dorrance Armstrong with the potential to be a lot more than that. And it would be great if he's going to develop into a guy that they can use more regularly coming off the edge, of course, this season. We'll see how that goes. Anything else at at minicamp? Because I know you were out there the other day. Anything that you saw that stood out to you at all? Again, like we were talking about, I don't know what you can take away, but anything? (laughs) No. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I I don't know where you go with these things. You, You try to read into it and look into it. It's that excitement of football, knowing that it's coming back, but I, I don't know what you really can take away. Well, dude, they canceled Thursdays. They was, the, the OTA is supposed to last Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm. They're just doing meetings on Thursday. They're not even going out there on the field. So that tells you what it is. You can't really get much done, so it's like, yeah, why bother? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, C.D. Lamb looked good. Um Dak had a lot of good things to say about CeeDee Lamb. Problem is, Dak has a lot of good things to say about everybody. So, you know. <laughs> I'm sure not, he does. And I say that in all honesty. Like, Which is, I mean, what know, do you want him to do? Rip guys, you know? It's kind of like, yeah, he's the leader. You got to, there's only certain right, things you can do. He's always over the top good. So, yeah. you have to take that for what it's worth. Uh, you know, he, he, Stephen Jones was interesting only in the sense where he was talking about, we're going to visit with all the guys who are free, you know, Diggs, CD. Dak Parsons get a gauge on where they are and hopefully we can get one or two done before uh, training camp. I would find that shocking and surprising if they were able to do that. I think uh, Diggs is at the top of the priority list and then um, CeeDee Lamb. So we'll see if they can get one or two, at least one of those done before camp. It'd be good to get Diggs done and uh, you know go from there. But they, they got salary cap room and space. It's more about structure and how you can set it up so that with these four guys going, they don't all bang against each other to cap at the same time. Yeah, well, that would be nice to have some foresight to actually make this happen would be fantastic. I think they want to, but it takes two sides, and we know the Cowboys are notorious in the way that they handle these things and 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 try that's to push it. They believe deadlines make deals. Right, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I mean, and Sometimes you wait till the last minute, but you know, there's a lot of consternation in between if you do that. Sometimes it's like, let's just get a deal done. We know you need to be paid somewhere in this ballpark. So let's just, you don't bullshit us. We won't bullshit you. And let's just go get it done. It makes sense when you and I talk about it. (laughs) It seems very, very easy when we've discussed this over the years. But for whatever reason, the Cowboys do it a different way. Yes, sir. And sometimes it works for them and sometimes it doesn't. True that, true that, true that. But yeah, that's it. I mean, Cowboys minicamp, there's just not a lot there. No, and that's okay. Um, I mean, I think uh, I think they've got a good team. Uh, they're going to be in the hunt this year, barring catastrophic injury. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of conversation um, about the Texas Coast offense since they've added a few things, but they're keeping their base. 
So we'll see how that works. Uh, and, you know, I want to get deeper into this. I just don't have enough information right now, you know, because Mike McCarthy has been talking about emphasizing coaching points on these plays and coaching differently. And it's not different like technique. It's I think it's differently in terms of how you interpret plays and how you execute them and points of emphasis on a certain play. And I'm really looking forward to training camp because um, I plan to go out there and really be able to pull some people aside and say, okay, what does this really mean so yeah. I can really understand what it is that you guys keep talking in code about? Yeah, and that's another six weeks away, and that's what's nuts is we're about to go. If, if there is a period of NFL where there's not a lot going on, it's about to happen. Yeah, because this is right about the time where players and coaches go on vacation. Yes, and you will have that after you get through this week of mini camps. The next time that they get together is in training camp. And, you know, you kind of anticipate just looking at the, the calendar. I would guess that they will have their first practice on Wednesday, July 26th. Yeah, I don't think it's official yet, but I think they're reporting on the 24th. Okay. And then uh, they would do the, the unions the 25th. Yep, there you go. And then the 26th would be Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, that's all unofficial. But I think that's how it's going down. And I mean, you can look, you can look at years past when when they they do the the state of the team on a Tuesday. It's the last. Right. I mean, it doesn't change. It's always that last week of July, and then you figure out, okay, so they're there for that little part of the week, and then they'll be out there for a couple of weeks before their first preseason game, which is probably going to be, or maybe it's already on the schedule. What the twelfth or whatever it is. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I've looked at the preseason schedule. Yeah, you're not, you're not super concerned about the Cowboys preseason? What's wrong with you, man? I thought you cover the Cowboys and you've been doing it for years. I will be by the time it, by the time it comes. And then we'll super overreact to everything that happens to the Cowboys? Yeah, because I'm still trying to figure out my training camp schedule. And how that's all going to work? Yeah, I'm still in the works on that. Yeah, well, I think it's... Because I also want to... There's a couple things I want to do. And I'm trying to figure out how to make them all fit. Oh, a couple things you want to do. You got to go hit some of those great breweries in Oxnard. What else is there? I mean, come on. No, man. There's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you the things I'm, I'm running through my mind. Uh, I probably will go to um, um, SWAC Media Day which is the 25th, which is the day of the State of the Union. Yeah. And I will probably go there on an in-and-out trip, like fly there that morning and fly out that afternoon. Because I'd hate to – because I still have to do some stuff with the Jackson State this year, and you'd hate for them to go, oh, they are left, and so now you don't even show yeah. up to the media day. Like, why aren't you in here? Yeah, that makes sense. Right, as well as the other coaches. Yeah. So if I fly in and fly out, that's fine. Make an appearance. And then I'm trying to figure out – when I want to go to training camp, because there's a few moving parts, and I'm trying to talk to some people to see if I can get either tickets or media credentials to the fight, which is the 29th. And so if you went to Vegas for the fight, you could just drive to L.A. And, you know, that might be that might actually be the play. play yeah, that makes sense. To fly. The play might be to fly into Vegas hang out in Vegas, then drive to L.A. for training camp, and then drive back to Vegas, hang out in Vegas for a day or two, and then fly back to Dallas. 
Okay, I got you. Makes sense. Because I think it's only like a three-hour drive from L.A. to Vegas. Yeah, it's not far because in the movies, they do it all the time. Oh, four-hour drive. I've been corrected. Wow, really? Oh, you didn't hear that, did you? No. Okay, good. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, I, I, I have no idea. But, yeah, it's ex- wow. I mean, it is exactly four hours. 270 miles. Like, not four yeah. hours in two minutes. Four hours on the dot. Yeah. It's like going um, from Dallas to Austin, basically. Yeah, okay. 200 miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's a, those, so when I say I had a lot of moving parts, those are all the, I've, I've let you guys in on the parts that I have to make while trying to figure out well, how to serve several masters. Well, there you go. The good thing of working for yourself and the bad thing of working for yourself. And now we all know what may or may not happen to Jacques in late July and early August. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Who knows? But that's. That's the Cowboys, and we'll turn the page, and, and we'll visit about them again. I mean, it's crazy to think. We were mentioning that the other day. You guys are listening to this on June 9th, and uh, this is going to be the six-week zone waiting for, yeah, that July 25th when the state of the team comes around, and then two and a half weeks out there in Oxnard before that first preseason game on August 12th against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, there you go. It's coming back around, man. It's on the way. Also, of course, Flow Air. They are on the way to you. If you give them a call, you go, what does that mean? Well, it's because they do 24-7 service, so it doesn't matter. When you need Flow Air heating and air, they will be there for you. It's very easy to get a hold of them. One thing I like about this, because a lot of people don't like to call anymore, and I love when companies go, hey, you can just text us. Like, okay, kick ass. That's way easier for me. <laughs> for sure. And Flow Air is more than willing to text with you. 817-808-4115. You can shoot them a text right now while you're listening to the podcast and be like, hey, heard about you on Jam Session. Got these things going on. Because for the month of June, they are offering a special on duct cleaning. They're family and veteran-owned. They've been doing it for a long time. If you are in the DFW area, anywhere they will come and service your home. Dude, and now's the time to get your home serviced. Whether it's duct cleaning, whether it's a maintenance program, now's the time to get it done. We've dipped into the 90s this week. You know what's coming. You know that stretch of 10, 12, pick a number of days of 100 degrees is coming. Don't wait till then. Go get it done now. Go get your air conditioning system checked now before it goes into overdrive. And what I like about it is, hey, you got a problem? 24 hours availability, baby. Yeah, speaking of that stretch coming where your air conditioner is about to go into overdrive, you guys in Dallas are going to make it through this weekend. Starting next Wednesday, the 14th. (laughs) Here it comes. June 14th. I'm just going to read you the next days after that. 99, 100, 100, 99, 101, 101, 101, 101. Boom. There you go. I mean, God, if it's already starting in Dallas, this is going to be a miserable summer. Don't say it like that. I'm just saying, man, when you see that many 100-degree days in June, like normally you wait until like July. You're like, I mean, it's July. Okay, 100 now through August, whatever. But June? Don't say it like that, though. That seems unfair. Like June should be 95-ish. And then when July comes around, after July 4th, you want to jump up to 100 for 60 days in a row? I understand. But June? Flow Air Heating and Air, they're going to be your friend, man, and they are going to be your friend very, very quickly. I'm telling you, and keep that in mind, seriously, if you're listening, that 24-7 emergency service comes in handy. It's Flow Air Heating and Air, 817-808-4115. 
Also, of course, we're brought to you by Freeway Tire Shop, JR and his guys over there. Whatever it is that you need, maybe the AC in your car needs some help. Maybe it's just a new set of tires. Maybe it's something simple like an oil change. You want to take your car to a place you can trust where the customer service is elite, which is why so many of you have become fans of Freeway Tire Shop and JR, including Jacques, who takes every single car he owns over there. <laughs> I mean, why would you take it anywhere else, bro? Uh, I rock with Freeway Tire because, hey, I ain't no mechanic, so I need somebody I can trust, dog. I ain't got time to be fooling around with people I can't. And the thing about Freeway Tire and JR who owns it is that I trust them, man. I trust them to diagnose what's wrong with your car. And then check this out. I trust them to use quality parts to fix the car, which we all know not everybody does. I trust them to charge me a fair price. And then there's a big one for me. I trust them to stand behind their work. And so this is what I'm talking about. If you got a mechanic and they're not doing each and every one of those things, then what you need to do is go to JR, which is right five minutes from downtown, man. It's right up 35. You get off at Commonwealth. You go through the light, look to the right. It's right there. You don't even have to look for it. It's right there as soon as you go through the light. Take your car there. Let JR service it. You'll be glad you did. Uh, the service is impeccable. The work's impeccable. Uh, that's where you need to take your car. It is. That's where your vehicles need to go. Freeway Tire Shop, easy to get to. You can find out more online at freewaytireshop.com. So we'll take a quick trip around the block here and get into a couple of things for you. First off, this is one of the things I've never understood living in DFW for as long as I have in my lifetime, and I continue to not understand it, and that is the tollways that never get paid off and for, I guess, forever, always, always will be tolls. And I bring this up because the North Texas Toll Association has announced once again, they will be raising rates and they, it doesn't seem like much, right? They are only raising it one penny per mile from 20 cents a mile to 21 cents a mile. But that generally, I mean, when you keep that in mind, they are now saying like the average commute that will add $5 and 60 cents to your average commute over the course of a certain amount of time, which obviously always adds up. And so the problem becomes, whether it's the, like technically the, the Dallas North Tollway, we all call that the tollway. You know, you got Bush, you got Sam Rayburn, all those other toll roads around the entire, not just in Dallas, of course, but mainly in the Dallas area. There's a few, I guess, now out in the Fort Worth area, but they adjust their toll rate every two years and it's time to hike it again because they have to repay a nine and a half billion dollar debt used to construct its roads. And apparently the NTTA does not receive tax funding. What they got to do with me? Well, that's what I don't understand. And <laughs> it's like, so you're telling me that the millions and millions and millions of people that use tollways every single day, at some point, these roads don't get paid off? Bro. That sounds like a big scam to me. I think it is a scam because remember, and I, a lot of people may not remember this. Like you've had to have probably grown up in Dallas to know this, but LBJ originally was a toll road. Was it? Yes. And guess what happened? It got paid off. Oh, okay. Now I'm convinced it's a scam. And that's where I don't understand this of why certain roads like that originally were the way that toll roads were supposed to 
operate where, okay, charge me a toll. You built this road. I get it. We'll pay it off. And then it gets paid off and the tolls go away. Yeah, that's that's the way it should be. Yeah, I just I don't understand. I don't know, man. And now it's just all these things like I understand the new, especially like the tech express lanes and all that. That makes sense to me. Those should always be toll roads. You don't want to drive on the main road, kick ass. Here's this other road that we've created for you, but you got to pay to drive on this one. Fine. That makes total sense to me. But they, the problem with the toll roads to me is like Bush is a great example of this. A lot of people live on Bush and you, okay, could you take the service road the entire time? Yes. But come on, there's no other main artery that you can use. You have to use the toll road in a lot of areas. Right. And that's where, to me, it gets a little wonky. Like, I understand the addition of, hey, you can drive faster and there's probably less congestion if you want to pay for these roads. But if not, we also have another option for you. Right. But uh, the fact that they don't get they don't get paid off ever, that leads me to think it's a big scam. Yeah, and I don't and understand. I say that in the sense of they ain't really trying to ever turn them things off, man. No. They want they want it to be in what do you call it? Perpetuity. Um, that we're just paying forever. <laughs> yeah, and, I I and it never understood a way it, man. of life. And so you don't even uh, you don't even think about it at a certain point. It's just a way of life. Yeah, I just I don't understand it at all, and it's so freaking annoying and just ridiculous. And now they're going to hike it up even more, and you got to pay even more. In reality, of it is, I mean, look, when we used to live in Irving, going over to my parents' house, of course, we could if we wanted to jump on one fourteen to thirty five to thirty, and that was actually miles wise quicker. But a lot of the times, traffic's so bad in Dallas that I'd look at the Tech Express and then Bush and go, well. If we'd like to get to my parents' house in the next hour, we're just going to have to pay 10 bucks to go out there. You know? And then we won't use the toll roads coming back because it'll be after rush hour and all this, and we'll just come back the normal way. And that's just what you do. No, those are the decisions you make, man. I mean, there's so many times you're sitting in traffic in Dallas where you go, okay, how much, and it really becomes this, Bro. how much is my time worth? Dog, that's to me. true. Yeah. Um, I've got a friend of mine who's in, uh, he just sent me a text. He was, he was in town. It's uh, his kids playing in some big soccer tournament. And he was saying, hey, here's, here's where I'm staying. How far away is that from you? And I go, oh, depends on what time, uh, what time I, I try to head that way. It could be 20 minutes or it could be 40, 45 minutes. That's it. Because these days, rush hour in Dallas I think I want to say it starts at three and lasts till about six forty-five, but if I'm honest, it may actually start at like two forty-five or two fifty, bro. Which is insane because I do remember a time mm-hmm. where it started at about four thirty and lasted till about six thirty or six. Yeah, that now, was. I mean, I remember that because it was. Now it was probably twenty years ago. Cause it's gotten progressively earlier, but I was, cause I remember covering high schools and I was like, Oh, I got to And I lived out by the airport and I was like, Oh, I got to leave before, you know, four fifteen or so. So I don't get stuck in traffic. And now, man, if you don't leave before three o'clock is just, you know, three thirty for sure. You're locked down already. And uh, it's gotten to the point, dude, I don't even like driving all that much, man. Cause you can't go anywhere. Yeah, it's really, really frustrating when I come back to Dallas. I mean, that's one of the 
the biggest con slash negative about living in the DFW area has become the traffic to me. It's horrible. Wow. And it, re- it, it really makes matter. it difficult. Yeah. It don't matter whether it's the weekend. Dude, I was out and about the other day. I, th- I think it was Sunday at two o'clock and it was like rush hour traffic. I was just like, what is this? Yeah, man. And, and it, it becomes, you got to live in an area that you enjoy because that area within like a 15 to 20 minute radius is just where you're going to spend 99% of your time because you're not going to be able to go out of that. It's just not worth it. Right. So you better live close to stuff you like doing and people you enjoy being around. No, that's very true. Very true. Very true. So I was looking it up and, and I said LBJ. I meant I-30. I-30 was originally a toll road. When they built it and connected Dallas and Fort Worth, it was the Dallas-Fort Worth toll pike, turnpike, excuse me. Dallas-Fort Worth turnpike. It was a toll road originally, but it became a freeway because they paid it off in 1977. And think about this. So apparently the Dallas North Tollway that we all are extremely familiar with That was supposed to have become a free road to use in 2005. (laughs) I mean, I was trying to figure out whether to laugh or to cry. But apparently now the total system debt for that road, for whatever reason, is not scheduled at this point to be fully paid off until 2038. So you got another 15 years. And guess what, bro? It ain't going to be paid off then. God, where did you go? Did you fall into a hole? (laughs) <laughs> oh there he is Jeez. Now, guess what bro it ain't gonna be paid off then <laughs> no man and that's the thing because so people go well how the hell can that be well keep in mind what happened not that man it might have been right around 2005 and they sure as hell planned for it before that they extended it from the original right, right, endpoint right. of lbj freeway it now stretches 20 miles north to 121 in Plano. And then after that, it went north of 121 in Plano. Now it's going all the way up to 380 up there in that neck of the woods. Then they're going to extend it past that. So every time they extend it, it costs more money to build and it never gets paid off. No, that's uh, at some point it's, you know, it's going to go all the way to Oklahoma. I mean, it's just so insane, man. That's a big scam. It is. That's why I said it's just a way of life that you have to just accept to get used to. I guess so, man. But that used to be, I mean, that's one of the, that's what's nuts about, especially living in Birmingham for the last couple of years, people around here have no concept of toll roads unless they go to Atlanta. And so they'll be, cause I've talked about that before. And they're like, wow, really? I'm like, yeah, dude, like I, like literally we had it in our budget, you know, $120 a month in tolls every month. They're like, wow. They're like, well, why don't you use other roads? And I just laugh my ass off. They're like, well, when I go to Atlanta, I don't have to use tolls. Like when you go to Atlanta, you drive in Atlanta for work and rush hour traffic. They're like, well, no, I'm like, yeah. So you probably have been there when you're like, oh, it's okay. I don't have to use these toll roads. And you're probably going on vacation and staying in a finite area. True, true, true. I was like, no, all of that is true. Yeah. You cannot get around Dallas without using toll roads. It's impossible. No. I mean, I have uh, my toll tag attached to my credit card, 80 bucks a month. Yeah, man. It's what it is. And you burn through that in a hurry. And again, it goes back to how much is my time worth? Is my time to get from point A to point B in a relatively, depending on the time of day. And sometimes that's where it gets really frustrating. There are times now on Bush where you're sitting in traffic and you're barely moving and you're paying to use the damn road. Yeah, because think about it, bro. And this is the way my brain works. That's 80 bucks a month. Yeah. That's uh, what, $960 a year? That's $1,000 a year for the toll road, brother. Yep. 
And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And it is frustrating as hell. So the other thing here on this trip around the block, so the state fair, which believe it or not, man, this always blows my mind with the state fair because the state fair obviously is coming up September 29th. I mean, we're three and a half months away from this, 112 days away. But they already start like announcing things that are going to be at the fair and they already start booking celebrity chefs and all this thing. Well, they've already announced the music lineup for the state fair of Texas and opening weekend Friday night is going to be Lone Star, the country music band. And Saturday night is going to be CeeLo Green, which I think everybody knows CeeLo Green. Yeah. And then some of the other names... That people may you a big rec- fan of CeeLo? Man, the only song I know from him is that song, the F.U. song that he did. <laughs> which I did like that song. It was a fun song. Yeah, he's got a few of them. But, man, he's got... I'm trying to see some of the other acts. Bowling for Soup is playing at the State Fair. They're, uh, they've, they hit it big many years ago, but are originally from the Denton area. 38 Special is playing. So what's so weird is like half these dudes I've never heard of. And then some of them I'm like, because one for me, Shane Smith and the Saints is playing the State Fair this year. I love those guys. And they're playing on Sunday, October 15th, which just so happens to be the Sunday the Cowboys are off because they have Monday night football that week. Well, now, that's so, this opportunity. There you go. If you're a fan of them, I'm trying to see who else is on here. Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. I can't believe they're still a thing. We the Kings. Really? Golly, that's. But yeah, that's, you know, there's a lot of country and some cover bands and stuff like that, but they always have acts that are out there every single day of the fair. There's somebody headlining the Chevrolet main stage is what they call it. And then they have all these side stages where some of the smaller acts, but names you may know if you're into, I guess, more of like the local music scene, like the O's or Max Stalling or somebody like that, who's playing some of those smaller stages. Right. If, if anybody knows those names, but those are more local guys. But it's just, it's always so crazy to me when they start putting out news about the state fair and it's June. I'm like, really? I mean, isn't that a fall thing? Dude. But, you know, the problem is fall will be here before you know it. It will be. <laughs> and then, I mean, look, for me, once we get in a try, the, we've got six weeks here where everything seems to move a little bit slower in the world of sport, especially. And then once we right. get to mid-July and Cowboys training camp kicks back in and you start getting into the beginning of college fall camp, the next thing you know, it's like, wow, here we are at the new year. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. It, you know, because think about it. Training camp is six weeks away. Yep. That means the football season is about 10 weeks away. And once the football season starts, it, the, the year flies by. It's in hyperdrive, man. I mean, it is. Yeah. Football season is so insane and moves so fast. And, and that's what is really interesting about this stretch right now, especially where I'm doing radio right now in Birmingham. No one out here cares about the NBA. No one cares about hockey. They all want to talk about college stuff. Well, what's going on? The Women's College World Series, college baseball. Right. You know, so it, it's like every day you're, you're like, oh, what new thing on NIL or the schedule or whatever it is. And it's like, man, there's other things going on. But out here, they just don't care about it. And you talk about dead zone time. That's what it feels like out here right now. Oh, I believe that, bro. I mean, man, you talk about just finding the weirdest angles to attack all these college sports subjects at. It becomes, you know, what would happen if Alabama loses so-and-so as a rival? And people are like, oh, my God, I'm so pissed off about this hypothetical that's never going to happen. 
I was gonna say that's what we gotta talk about, man. I mean, dude, it is it's all about the uh, the eighth. Uh, it's special. The eighth game. Eighth oh, that game fired people up last week. Season. Oh, yeah. Oh, people were. Oh, they pissed. Stay. You can't win that. You can't win a natty with a nine game with an eight game schedule or a nine game schedule. Which is, you know, I mean, what are you gonna do? Just stop it. Yep. Stop the drama. So the other thing I wanted to throw out here is a happy anniversary two years in to my friends over at Siren Rock Brewing in Rockwall, which is awesome. They're celebrating their second anniversary this weekend, which is good for them. Their brewer, Hayes, is a good buddy of mine, and their owners, Corey and Eva, are really, really good people. And that is one of those things. I remember when they first opened, finally a brewery in Rockwall that somebody put money into. It's a gorgeous facility. And every time I'm back, I was over there a couple of weeks ago when I was in town visiting because it's super close to where my parents live and we'll always stop in at Siren Rock. And it's a great place. So if, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, swing by out there this weekend and celebrate with them because they throw down a party, man. And they got a nice patio. It's a, it's, it is one of the nicer breweries that I've ever been in. And I've been to hundreds of breweries. Very, very nice place. Yeah, it is. It is what a kind of multi. Vibe is it, would you say it is? Um, it's a rock wall vibe. It's a little uppity on the inside, <laughs> for sure. I mean, they did not My spare. Kind of place. They did not spare. I mean, it is, it is fancy, and it is a multi multi million dollar build out. I mean, I'm talking that thing was minimum seven million dollars. Oh, wow. yeah. So they they put some money into that, and also I can't remember if I if I brought this up on the podcast or not, but we got a chance to check out the new Beer Geeks when we were out there a couple Did of weeks you know? ago. Yeah, and Fate. So Beer Geeks, who we used to work with all the time, and they used to be downtown Rockwall on the square. Well, they closed that spot a few months, man, probably coming up on a year ago, and they opened up a new spot in downtown Fate which is a little further out. If you are on the east side of DFW, you can swing by and see it. What's cool about the new Beer Geeks is they are in a brand new facility. It's a little bit larger than the facility they had before. And you can actually sit inside and they have six taps. So they bring in beers and you can drink draft beer there now. Or if you want, and I thought this was cool, you can sit inside and drink the beers that you buy out of the cooler that they have. And they still have a great selection of beers like they did before, which makes right, it really right. fun. And they have a nice little outdoor patio. I know on the weekends they have live music and stuff. And, you know, we had kind of mentioned, and I talked to them when I was in town, they will be opening their own brewery and moving into a facility that's even bigger. That's right there in downtown fate. Probably it looks like they're targeting next spring. So they're probably nine months away from that. But right. they, got, they got big plans, man, and, and it, it's it's really cool to see the growth of something like that that started. I remember because I was working at ESPN part time when they originally opened, and I was selling beer, and I that was my territory, and that's how I originally got to know them. And seeing a place like that, that you know, two local people who are really good people that just keep kind of expanding and and, and but doing it the right way, and they're such good people, man. It, it's a it's a cool spot. I told him, I was like, well, every time I'm out here visiting my parents, I'll be swinging through beer geeks because now you can sit here and actually drink a beer, which is fantastic. No, sounds, sounds great. Uh, is it in hope or is it in fate? It's in fate. All right. Yes. Is hope a place? I can't remember. It is not in that area. I'm sure it is okay. somewhere. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, and what, that's, you know, because I grew up out in that area, obviously, and I, it's just so wild to me 
one, the growth of Rockwall, the growth of Heath, where I grew up, but fate and Roy City, which, I mean, because Roy City's past fate, but I remember I, my prom date lived in fate. And so after prom, we had an after prom party at the high school. And then our group all went back to her house and her mom made us breakfast the next day. Right, right. Used to be you drive out there, you drove through nothing except little <laughs> downtown fate that had nothing basically other than like a general store and some old buildings. And then there was nothing. And now you go out to fate and thousands of people live out there and they're building more and more homes and they're building up all kinds of things. And I'm like, what the hell? And it's so insane because it's so far out. And that's what goes back to our earlier conversation. When you live in areas like that, you tell people you probably live in the Dallas area. I would guess that those people never actually go to Dallas maybe once or twice a year because I don't know how you can. Why? Because it's just so far out. It's so far out. I mean, it is because you sit here and you say, okay, well, it's one thing like fate's probably 30 miles from Dallas. Doesn't seem too bad. There's only one way really to get into Dallas from that area. And that's over the I-30 bridge over Lake Ray Hubbard. They're doing all kinds of crazy construction on that. If there is a wreck, you're screwed. Oh, no, you screwed if there's a wreck now. If there's a wreck on the bridge, you can't exit. There's nowhere to go. You're just sitting there until they clear it. And then when people find out, oh, there's a wreck on the bridge, they drive up a little bit further and they take 66, which then becomes crazy clogged because 66 is not a main thoroughfare like 30. Or you got to drive all the way back through 40, which is another 20 miles out of the way to go and hit 80 to take into Dallas. Whoa. Or you got to go way north through North Rockwall to hit 78 that goes back through Levon and then down on into Wiley and Saxe that hits Bush to get into Dallas. I am impressed that you know all of this. Man, that's where I'm from. I know all, trust me, if there is a way to get out of Rockwall, I know how to do it. (laughs) I know all the back roads in that area, man. I've seen the statue of the football player at the Farmersville Cemetery who choked on popcorn on a date many, many years ago. That's how far out I've gone. Not popcorn, bro. Yeah, man, it gets everybody. So we'll continue a couple things to get into here. But before we do that, You guys know that it is that time of the year with the vast heat. We were talking about that. That's going to play havoc with your foundation, which is why Aaron and his guys, they're local, they're family owned. They're all about getting your foundation taken care of with HFX Foundation Solutions. It is a free, no obligation inspection. If you are experiencing those things, sticking doors, cracks in the floor, the walls that you didn't notice before, I'd give him a call and have his guys come out because the longer you wait on that stuff, the more potential damage is happening to your foundation and that will screw you long-term. The thing about HFX, man, is they provide peace of mind during this time of year. And here's what I'm talking about. There's all kinds of things going on with the heat and your, it could be your foundation. Uh, and this is the time where you start looking for cracks in the wall and whether the windows are sticking and all that kind of stuff, man. Plus... And I say this because what happens with, uh, with your home? A lot of stuff goes on that you don't see. And what you need is for HFX to come in, check out all those nooks and crannies you can't get to or you have no desire to get to, and give your home the once over so that you got peace of mind that my foundation is straight. Because if you got foundation problems in Texas, I can't speak to nowhere else, but if you got them in Texas, that's a big old problem that you do not want. HFX can make sure that it never becomes an issue for you. 
they check it out, they give you that colonoscopy for the crib, and you got the peace of mind that comes with that, man. And to me, that's worth the price of gold. That is exactly right, and that's kind of what it is. And keep in mind, they do those gutter installations too, and all that stuff plays into foundation help. HFX Foundation Solutions, 817-770-0174. So the Rangers got the horrible news, and we were talking about this on our last podcast, but we didn't know, we, we mentioned how, okay, Jacob deGrom's having an MRI. Hopefully it's not horrible. Well, it was horrible. And for the second time in his career, Jacob deGrom will be having Tommy John surgery. Best case scenario, and this is best case scenario, he'll be able to return pitching in the majors sometime maybe by August next year. Realistic scenario, he might be able to get back in time to pitch in September and a potential playoff run in 2024. Completely done for this year. Won't be in spring training camp. And is not going to return before the All-Star break of 2024. He's already 36, right? He's up there, dude. And it is one of those things when you look at Jacob DeGrom. Well, he's 34 right now. He turns 35 in on Father's Day, I believe. So right. by the time he returns, he'll be 36, yes. And it's, it's one of those things because now the Rangers who paid this dude a ridiculous amount of money are just going to eat it for this year and eat it for next year. Of course, I say that if he can return after Tommy John and this helps him because when he had it before he pitched for eight seasons without a problem. Now he was also not 36 years old returning when he had it before. Right, right. But if he can come back next season and he pitches end of August, September and on into the playoffs, then maybe it's like you made an unbelievable trade for a unicorn of an ace even with these problems with his arms, he hadn't lost his velocity at all. And so hopefully this will help because they have a kicker on his contract that can extend it because of injury. And now you, this is what has happened. Here's the thing though, man, let me ask you this. I haven't gotten over the timeline in my, uh, I haven't looked at the timeline, but the timeline in my head is this. Everybody's mad about DeGrom. He's hurt. He's this. He's that. Uh, they're not going to get him for two years. Blah, 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 blah. But let me ask you something. This team that's pitching, I mean, that's playing as well as it's playing, did DeGrom, did just the signing of DeGrom and the credibility that it gave you then allowed you to get Ivaldi and Odoruzzi, even though he's hurt, and all these other cats who showed up because, oh, the Rangers are serious now. They got – they, they got, yeah, I mean, Sager and Simeon were fine, but they were coming off bad years. Mm-hmm. But DeGrom and the new GM and Bochi were like, oh, they're serious about this thing. And so, yeah, DeGrom is not here, but it's the credibility that he gave the Rangers, the confidence he gave them coming into spring training and out of spring training, was the signing worth it? Because it seems to me like it was. I would say yes. I would say definitely yes. And I think that... When you have a guy like that, his experience having somebody that dominant that signs with Texas, surely I think moves the needle for other free agents, confidence in the team to understand that. And reality of it is, and we've talked about this, I mean, this team, DeGrom hadn't pitched since the end of April, and the Rangers have been dominant without him. They haven't needed him. Now, that being said, in the playoffs, if you have a guy like a Jacob DeGrom, you're nasty. 
Now will they make a move to shore up and help get another arm in here? Who knows? We'll see. But they did have a clause in his contract. He had signed a six-year, $222 million deal if he hit certain milestones. But because of a clause in his contract, that $37 million option for the final season becomes a team option. So now the team can decide if they want to keep him around for that or if this is just going to be it, which in some sense, I guess, helps. But man, it is $37 million a year. And the first $74 million of that is potentially a waste. And we don't know. We have no idea what version of DeGrom will return in a year and a half. Where will he be? I mean, we have seen pitchers especially in modern baseball in the last couple of years. I mean, there's two examples of it right now. Justin Verlander is, is right now is 40 years old and was very, very good when he was 36, 37 years old. And Max Scherzer, you know, guys like that, that have shown you can pitch at a very, very high level. Scherzer is 38 years old, about to turn 39. So is it possible for DeGrom to come back? Maybe the surgery fixes him and he doesn't have any more problems for the last two, three years of his career as he goes 36, 37, 38? Yeah. I don't know. Well, here's the deal, man. And I think people have to just understand this. You don't get no guarantees, bro. <laughs> when you're dealing with these pitchers and this whole thing, there's there's just no guarantees. It is what it is. Everybody's a crapshoot. You know, rocker. They took a crapshoot. Uh, everybody's a crapshoot. And so pitching is at such a premium, you just take shots on guys and, you know, hope that they work out. I mean, to me, it was insane to pay Verlander all that money for the Mets um, at his age and, you know, all of that. But they did it hoping that he helps. And there's no guarantees. You know, Strasburg, Strasburg been dealing with this stuff since he showed up, and it looks like his career is over. And, like, how many seasons did he have even 25 or 30 starts, bro? Strasburg? Yeah. Man, I two? I mean, I mean, think about how how I mean, think about how good he was coming out and all the expectations for him. And, you know, dude. Well, actually I take it back. He had six. one stretch. He had yeah. six where he made 24 or more starts and then seven with 23, eight with 22 all or more. Right. That's more than I thought he had, bro. Yeah. But how about this? How about this? And this is probably the more telling thing I was looking at. Strasburg. Remember, he was supposed to be the next big thing. And he had all the stats to prove it coming out of uh, college. But he's pitched more than 200 innings twice. Think about that. Yeah. You know his career high in innings? 215. Think about that. 215 is his career high in innings. Dude, that's basically nothing. I mean, I will tell you this. If DeGrom can only come back and he gets World Series MVP and they win the World Series like Strasburg did with the Nats, then I'm good. Well, see, that's what I mean. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like if, if the Rangers get a World Series and DeGrom only ever pitches, like let's say... Let's see, they don't do it this year. He comes back next September, and they win the World Series because he came back, and then he never pitches again. I, I'm, you, what a wonderful well, investment. <laughs> well, I think you'll get what you, what you get. They'll yeah. turn him into like a five-inning pitcher. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you th- and so you'll have your bullpen set up. So, hey, DeGrom's pitching today. Whether he's got a no-hitter with 14 strikeouts after five or after, you know, 82 pitches, 
whatever his number is, he comes out trying to preserve his arm, you know, trying to be as careful as you can while still getting some benefit from it. Yeah, and that's the reality. I mean, is is this DeGrom contract going to turn into that? Because Strasburg signed a $245 million deal, pitched 31 innings since he signed it, and, and he's probably never pitching wow. again. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you did something even more different than that, bro. Maybe instead of making him the starter, you did that situation where you bring somebody else in to start and you bring DeGrom in in a clean inning, like in the fifth, and say, you can take us on home from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where instead of being the opener, you're really kind of like the closer. Um, but we're going to bring you in with a clean ending every time, whether it's the fourth inning or whether it's the fifth inning, and see if you can get those last you know, 15 outs or 14 outs and, and take us home. And maybe that's what you have to do with him. But I, what I, I'm saying is you just, it's clear that for him to have a career, you need a unique approach that's, that's something we haven't seen before. It's just incredibly, incredibly unfortunate. And, and it's one of those things, it's, you know, it makes you feel as a Rangers fan, like, here you go again. Why can't you have nice things? Right. And it's never going to work out for whatever reason. It's like when they had, you know, Jack Leiter, who when they drafted him, oh, my God, they got Jack Leiter. This dude's going to be a legit ace. This dude's going to be amazing. And he's he's coming along, but it's he's not the spend just a handful of time in the minors and all of a sudden he comes up and dominates everything. Now, that being said, he's been better this year than he was last year. And he had a phenomenal right. month of May heading into June down there at Double A, which is great. So we'll see, but hopefully he can still develop. And then like Kumar Rocker, he had to have two, Tommy John surgery. And it's just, I don't know. As a Rangers fan, you wonder, are we ever going to have that elite level pitcher that works out in Texas. And Cliff Lee was close. You know, I'll give you Cliff Lee. You had some had some moments. You Darvish. Right. But those outside of that, Cole Hamels had some moments, you know. But in prominence, when you needed it, did, would, did you have that real dominant ace? And DeGrom was probably the first one ever. And you saw it for six starts, man. And, and then it went away. <laughs> And it just, it it reminds me like when they traded for Corey Kluber and we kind of knew, okay, this is not Cy Young, Corey Kluber, but what's he got? You know, what could it be? And then he finally makes his debut in the middle of July and pitches one inning and never pitched for the Rangers again and only ever pitched one inning. Right, right. It's just, it it just makes you feel like all that all over again with the Rangers and you just go, well, (laughs) this is what being a Rangers fan is. Hey man, it's, uh, it is what it is, bro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and I say all that, I mean, as we sit here right now and they're off today, but they got a four and a half game lead in the American League West, even though they lost to the Cardinals last night. And, you know, Gray was phenomenal. They, the offense just went silent, which is very, very bizarre. But this is still a team that is 19 games over 500 heading into a wildly, I'm going to watch some of this this weekend because Texas and Tampa the teams with the two best records in Major League Baseball going at it here over the course of the weekend, which should be should, – and if the Rangers can take two out of three against Tampa, man, okay. Dude, that would be awesome. That would be something. That would be – and even if they only take one. I don't know what to expect from this, to be honest with you. No, I think it's um, 
I think it's more about um, it's, it's, it's about competing, man. Let's see what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I mean, they're the two best teams, so there should be three well-played, taught games. And uh, we'll just see how they can play. Yeah, you would think and so. And uh, whether you win two of three or lose two of three, depending on how you play, it's all good. If every game's 3-2 and you lose two out of three, it's all good. <laughs> well, Jacques, you know I mean? we've got some breaking news here on the jam session. Well, for me and you. Well, well let me say, I was going to send you something. Yes. I'm going to chuckle respectfully if it's, if it's the same thing. It'll be this. Okay, what is it? Minnesota Vikings and... No, that's not the breaking news I had. Okay, well, we'll go for that. Yours next. The Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook are officially parting ways. Okay. Dalvin Cook has been released, meaning he is available. Any team can grab him, and the Cowboys have some dry powder in the keg. Let's see if they... uh, Let's see if they... What they should do... At, at worst, you should make the phone call and see, yo, what you thinking, dog? That's what you should do. He's still a very valuable player. If uh, if they teamed him with Tony Pollard, I could see nothing but positives from that. Uh, some of it will be how much money he wants, and uh, that's his right. Because remember, he's been a second-round pick. He ain't never been paid, and so he's looking to get paid. Uh, I don't know if that will happen as a 28-year-old running back or a 27-year-old running back, but he can hope. Uh, so I'd love for the Dallas Cowboys to make a move on him. I just don't think they will. But I'd love for them to do it and uh, and really fortify their team. And, you know, McCarthy says he really wants to run the ball. Well, get two of those guys um, and really make a difference. And screw all the guys. Who say, oh, you can't spend that much on a running back. Dude, we're trying to win, and we think this will help us win. I'd, I'd be 100% into this. I hope you got to, they'll investigate. They'll kick the tires on it, so to speak. And it'll be interesting, like you said, what kind of money is he looking for? Is that money going to be available? And it may not. And it goes back to D-Hop. I don't need you to sign Dalvin Cook to a long-term contract. I don't give a crap you pay the dude $12 million this year. Right. And if he's coming here on a, hell, give him $15 million for one year. What do I care? You're talking about a guy who has four consecutive 1,100-yard seasons his worst year in the NFL, he had a 4.4 yards per attempt. Oh, that's real good. I mean, th- this is a guy who is productive. He's a, he can receive it even if you want. Like, you can have both these guys on the field at the same time. Signing Dalvin Cook makes your football team better. Yes. Much better. I just sent you my breaking news. Pat Robertson dies. Come on. Breaking news. <laughs> that is breaking news. Okay. I mean. The 700 Club. Yeah, there you go. One of the uh, first original religious conservatives. Didn't he run for president sometime or something yeah, like that? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I mean, we didn't have to have full talk about it. I was just like. Yeah, I'm talking about Dalvin Cook and you're like, oh, here comes Pat Robertson. <laughs> 93 hey, man, I, years old. He had a good run, man. I would say so, man. You make he it to ninety three. Huge head, did he? Yeah, huge head, bigger than his body. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. So there you go. That, that, hey, we're your... full service podcast here. Holy crap! He ran for president in nineteen eighty eight. Boy, is that how do I remember run? that? Yeah, what were you? You were eleven years old. You should remember that. I wasn't eleven years old. I was nine. 
Oh, you're 79? I thought you were 77. Oh, 79, man. Weird. All right, well. All right, well. There you go, Pat Robertson. <laughs> Pat Robertson or Dalvin Cook? I'm going to take Dalvin Cook. Okay, I'm going to take him too since Pat is no longer with us. I want Dalvin <laughs> Cook on the Cowboys. Make it uh, happen. Yeah. Send Steven a text. I think we should do that, bro. That would be great. Send Steven a text. I want Dalvin Cook on the Cowboys. Make it happen, bro. <laughs> I should see. I should send him that and see what happens. You should accidentally text Zeke and say that and see what Zeke says. Nah, <laughs> nah, not going that road. Zeke's my guy. Yeah, man. Matter of fact, Zeke's yeah. my guy, and I'm feeling poorly that I don't know. I think I think, I think it may be over for him, him, dude. And I'm stunned by that. Like I, that is, I thought he'd get somewhere. I mean, you're again, maybe injuries. Who knows? But I, I, I think he's done. I don't know, man. You know, I'm not saying you're wrong. I hope you're wrong, but I don't know. The problem is, you know, you have to, you literally have to put your ego to the side. And that's incredibly hard to do as a cat who's been, what, the best in high school. He's the best running back in the state, one of the best in the country. In college, one of the best in the country. In the NFL, you show up and you your first season, you gain sixteen hundred yards, you're one of the best. Uh so dude, you don't you know, so now you gotta go somewhere and be just a guy on the team and that ain't never been your role and that's not how you view yourself. And yeah, you but yeah, more often to that in Dallas, but to go somewhere else it's the same reason Eddie George was just yeah. always uncomfortable in Dallas. Be like, I'm the man. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. <laughs> Uh, I can't anymore. go to not being a man. I just, it, I don't, I don't function like that. And then you go from making 12 or $14 million a year to making a million. And you and I are like, take the million. But when you've been making 14, you're like, nah, I'm playing for fucking peanuts. Like, ah, <laughs> it's, it's hard on the psyche, man. It's hard on the ego. Yeah. And, I mean, look. Remember dog, these cats, and this is not particular to Zeke. These cats walk around almost, I'm not going to say almost, a significant number of retired players these days. Their email address is whatever their name is and the number at the end. Like that's how wrapped up their sport is to their identity. And so now you have to, you know, what was Zach? I mean, what was Zeke? It was all about the 21. It was all about the 214s, pendants, and all this other stuff. All that stuff is wrapped up into you, man, and now that ain't you. That is hard, bro. He's and made over $70 matter. million dollars in his career. Yeah. So if he doesn't play again, if he's used it correctly, he should be good, but. But you don't know. You don't know that. Right. Yeah, I have no idea. And, and that's. And here's the problem with that. Because, and when I say that, I, I'm, I'm being all serious. And it's like, well, he made that much money, yeah. Well, he made 70 million. It was 35 million after taxes. And then you blow off some, I mean, that's still a huge amount of money. Right. But when you're making that money, what is it that you think, Matt? You're thinking it's going to come for another few years. So even when you sign that extension, okay, you're like, okay, I'm not going to get the last year or so, but I'm going to get, you know, up to that. But now you're not getting even that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I hope he's good. I assume he's good. 
But you never know. We'll see. It, it, it would be... I mean, at this point, I'm not stunned. Obviously, because of what we've seen the last year or two with Zeke. But for if, if this is all it ever was for him... That would be a disappointment. It, it would be. And, and it would be... I mean, again, because we all have experienced the last couple of seasons, but from where he was, I mean, it wasn't that long ago he was the best running back in the NFL or one of the top three. And yeah, and for no, if it no. ends like this, that's where I'd just be like, man, that's all it ever was? From what we saw yeah. early on, that would be... Basically, three wow. fantastic years. Like, wow, man. Yeah. It just but fell off a cliff, that, man. You know, don't forget, Des Bryant had three fantastic years. Well, that's true. And no, I, real talk. He no, you're two, right. Two solid years, three fantastic years. I mean, where he was what we just said. He's the best in the league or in the conversation. No questions asked, no debate, no confrontation. I mean, that's that's a fact. And then two or three years of nothing at the end. And so he played eight or nine years. But of those years, two, he was pretty good. Three, he was the best in the league. And then the last three, just a guy. That's why longevity and pro, especially in the NFL, dude, those are cats you got to respect, man. When those cats are putting it together year after year after year at the highest level or close to the highest level, yeah, dude, you can't do anything but tip your cap to them. Yeah, man, and, and again, it, it's we've talked about this. It used to be, and it really still is, 27 was the number, and could you ever get past yeah. 27? And a lot of running backs can't. There's been a lot of running backs that have popped that just could not keep it going as they got up into their later 20s. And nope. apparently he's one of those guys. And, and I don't know. I remember we talked about that on the radio. We'd be on the radio. I mean, man, if Zeke keeps this going, like, well, you got to get past 27. Can you age? Then can you get past 30? And, and he couldn't hit that first hurdle. We'll see what happens. Who knows? But it, I don't know with right. Zeke, man. I really don't. He may. This may be it for him. True that. I feel you. That's the podcast, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll have another episode for you coming up on Monday. So get out, enjoy it. Try not to sweat to death if you're in Dallas. You know what? Enjoy the 95-degree weather before the hundreds come next week. That's my word of advice for the weekend. See you later. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.